Welcome to Corwin's Leaders Coaching Leaders Podcast with host Peter DeWitt. This podcast is from education leaders for education leaders. Every week, Peter and our guests get together to share ideas, put research into practice, and ensure every student is learning, not by chance, but by design. I'm doing the introduction alone for the Leaders Coaching Leaders Podcast because um, my guests are going to be editor Tanya Gans and marketing um, guru from Corwin, Morgan Fox. And the reason why I wanted to be able to focus uh, Leaders Coaching Leaders podcast on this is because we often get contacted by people who want to write a book. They don't know where to start writing a book when it comes to education and in general. And I thought it would be kind of a neat experience to do the Leaders Coaching Leaders podcast with a twist and interview Morgan and Tanya and ask them about um, what they think about it and what they look for when they're when they're looking at books and how to market a book and all of those kind of things. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation. I need to say at the very beginning, Tanya is my editor. Morgan is um, the marketing person that I work with, and I could not ever do what I do without the two of them. So um, I hope you enjoy the conversation. Tanya and Morgan, welcome to the Leaders Coaching Leaders Podcast. I almost feel like I should say the Leaders Coaching Leaders Podcast with a twist. Because, with a twist. <laughs> because we all work within, you know, within the Corwin organization. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's nice. To, it's interesting to be on this side of the, uh, the podcast, on the side of the mic. <laughs> so it is good to see you because actually when we were all together at the Visible Learning Conference, uh, Morgan was literally at the doorway of one of my breakouts and we were having this really pleasant conversation and I walked away going, gosh, that voice sounds familiar. <laughs> I turned around like, oh my God, it's Morgan. <laughs> Yeah. And I was just talking to you like, oh, it's Peter. Yes, it's great to see you in person. <laughs> we see each other through Zoom so often. So anyway, <laughs> what I wanted to really be able to talk to you about is I, and I'm sure you both have the same circumstances. I get asked all the time about writing books or I'll have people send me manuscripts and say, Peter, can you look over the manuscript? Do you think you can, you know, send this into your editor, Tanya, at, at Corwin? Um, and then I also feel like um, after somebody publishes a book, they sometimes get really disappointed because I think they think they're supposed to be the next J.K. Rowling, where, you know, they wrote a book, so therefore they're going to sell a billion copies of their book, and suddenly there's going to be rich and famous, and they're going to be a billionaire, and that is not necessarily how it happens, and I feel like I wanted to be able to do this podcast with the two of you because Morgan, you're on the marketing end um, and you do a great deal of work there. And then Tanya, you and I obviously partnered a lot on editing, but you're you're the you're the senior editor. And I wanted to talk a little bit about just publishing in educate the educational world in the first place, the marketing side of things, and also maybe about why should people if if they're truly interested in writing, what's the why? Why are they doing it in the first place? Does that make sense when I say that, Tanya? Yeah, it totally does. Um, so do you want to start, Morgan, or I can, or did, what's, 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 so do you want us to start, Peter, by just kind of talking about like, what you just asked, like why? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Well, I think, um, you know, there's the, the both and thing. Like there, there is a place where I think you, you may, um, 
there, there's something really attractive about having your name in a book and it can really be a dream of a lifetime to, 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 to get your name written in stone that way, if you will. But I think the real driver um, has to be, and also um, converges with the people who are most successful in the field, is that there's a real passion um, for the content that you wanna produce. Like there is something that you know that you think will make the lives of teachers and ultimately children better. And you almost feel an obligation to share that content with the world. Um, because a book is such a labor of love and it does take so much work to do it, that, that you know, just for practical reasons, you need to be driven by this larger mission um, of, of almost extending the reason why you got into the field of education already, because we're talking to people who are in, in the work. So that's my quick answer to why this field and what you really need to be thinking about. And I think in your heart and in your head, if you wanna take that next step, like, are you committed to many, 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 many hours of unpacking what you're thinking about in a way, and I'm sorry to use the word unpacking. I feel like I just got told it's used too much, but it's, <laughs> it works for so many things um, that um, you're willing to really tease apart the, the pieces of it to make it something that's digestible for others. So what about on your side, Morian? When it comes to, you know, when you're looking at marketing and, and all of those kind of things, what do you start thinking about when you look at the marketing behind the book? What's the author? How about this? What is the author's responsibility where marketing is concerned? Mm. Yeah, there's no no magic bullet, but I think that's something that a lot of people probably think when they write a book is that their work is done when the book is written and gets sent to production and honestly a lot of work starts right when the book gets sent to production that's when I I mean I look at manuscripts and Tani and I talk about um, possible audiences and how this could fit in the market the market before the book even starts getting written but um, there's so much we view it as a partnership and mm -hmm. honestly people buy books because of the author more than because Corwin publishes it. Mm -hmm. So we view it as like a partnership between me and Tanya and you as the author. Um, so that, that means in some ways it's very, very helpful for you to have some marketing experience or knowledge or willing to learn. There's tons of free resources online about blog posts about how to market yourself and self-promotion because it is weird game to try and self-promote yourself like I can sit here and talk talk all day long about here's what you should do to promote your book but at the end of the day I'm not promoting myself and so I do recognize like that's a very different feeling than me sitting here telling you like here's some strategies and here's what we're going to do to help market your book so there's but at the end of the day too I see it as amplifying what the author is already doing so the more that I have to amplify the more I can help boost your name in the market the more I can help increase those book sales and there's lots of different ways we can try and do that, but it really does come back to the author. And in some ways, um, starting that even before you start writing your book, if you're thinking like, hey, I have something that's really helping other people, how do I share that? Mm -hmm. Like that's that's just the basis of, of marketing in and of itself. Who, what do I have? And then who who would be interested in this? And then getting that in front of their their eyes and where they would be looking for it. I love that idea, the amplifying your voice, because you're right. I mean, as an author, 
and I've certainly gone through a trajectory of hating myself for how much I'm on Twitter or, you know, what I'm posting on Instagram and social media, it's really hard because you do have to do that kind of promotion. So people mm -hmm. know you're out there because if you're not doing it, who's doing it? Mm -hmm. But at the same token, it's kind of like, oh my gosh, nobody's going to want to follow me if all I'm talking about is, you know, de-implementation all the time or something like that. I'm going to be very boring at parties if that's the, if that's the case. But I, I remember reading a post by Adam Grant, who I follow on Instagram, and he was really, he wrote a, a, many books, but Think Again is probably my favorite. And one of the things that he talks about, and I'm certainly not going to say it as eloquently as he does, is the idea that you're not, it's, it, you have to be careful that you're not promoting yourself, that you're promoting the ideas, mm -hmm. you're promoting the ideas that you support. And I have to admit, as soon as I saw that post on his, I like that just made me feel like, oh, okay, now I get it. Because I there is that inner struggle with how often do you post and those kind of things. I think one of the things that I would like to know um, from the two of you is how do you know it's a good idea? I will remember, you know, for people that don't know. So back in like 2008, I wrote a blog for our local NBC affiliate. And it was the first blog I had ever written. And it got picked up by ASCD Smart Brief. And I didn't even know <clears throat> because I, I, I mean, I just didn't know. And with that day, like I started getting emails, these random emails from people saying, hey, I really love the blog you wrote. And I was thinking, how does that person in California know about a blog I wrote for NBC uh, in Philly and in Albany? And one was Ar Arnest Berbikovs, who was mm -hmm. my, you know, my first editor at Corwin. And I remember I, he said, you know, if you ever want to consider writing a book, you know, let's talk. So I did. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like the greatest thing ever. And I sent him the worst ideas. Like I hurried mm -hmm. up, put things together, sent it to him. And he's like, yeah, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. And I thought I failed. I just did. I, mm -hmm. That was the worst thing I could have done. I ruined my one chance. It was awful. I really felt awful. And then I joined a doctoral program. And when I got into the doctoral program, I started writing articles based on the research that I was doing and people would publish it. And then I would send it to Arnest. I stayed on his radar. I'm like, remember me? Um, I always joke with Arnest that I stalked him in a way. And then it wasn't until after I finished my doctoral work that once again, he said, so what do you want to write about? And I said, I really, I really don't know. And he asked, what was your doctoral dissertation on? And I said, safeguarding LGBT students. And he said, I think you just found your first book with Corwin. It was literally, and I, that's another word that's overused, Tanya, literally. Um, it was the first uh, book on safeguarding LGBT students that Corwin ever published. How do you know what's a good idea in both of your roles? Because I get contacted by people, and I know you both do, about I have this idea that I want to write about. To them, it might be the most unique idea in the world, but to you, it might be the fifth time you saw that this week. How do you know what's a good idea in both your roles? Tanya? Yeah, I mean, sometimes, unfortunately, you might not know until you put it out in the world, like with an editor, and you mm -hmm. get that feedback, like, eh, you know? Yeah. So it can be tricky. Here's one thing. I think you you spoke to the first piece, which is it's just it's resonating with people around you. Every time you mm -hmm. talk about it or mention it, you know what it looks like. People get this thing in their eyes, like you're saying something they didn't have words for, or they are there. There's this need that they've always wished someone would speak to. So if you find that 
sharing it in bigger, small and larger circles, it, it just, people are saying yes. You know, that might be a seed you wanna nourish a bit. I also think interestingly on the other side of it, there are ideas that no one's thinking about yet, but you somehow are so clear that there's something there and it won't leave you alone, <laughs> mm. right? It keeps, <laughs> it keeps nagging you and, and, you're, and say you're well-versed in the field, right? So that helps. Like you really need to know your landscape and your territory because that's part of how you know if you're saying something, you're not saying something, you have a new idea that could be relevant. And if you're reading people you respect and you're steeped in the content around this idea that you have and you keep having this, but no one's saying this. Why is anybody talking about it? Like, I, I think there's something here to this. I think that's also worth paying attention to and nurturing um, because there's, there's, you know, there's no reward in, without risk. And so the thing that I, a little piece, which I think is true about so much in life is that to some degree, some of your ideas will start to feel really like I have evidence for this, like I know, like I have data, I have lots of people and other pieces will be something in your gut that you can't completely name. But if you wanna do it, you should do it and you should put it out in the world and, and see what happens. Um, but so, so those would be two things I would think of as a potential author that mm. you should look to, to think about like, well, is this something I should really try to get down on paper and, and, and share with the world? Yeah, I like, yeah, I. Definitely like that. What about you, Morgan? I don't have a lot to add beyond what Tanya said, but thinking about it from a marketing perspective of trying to like, what is a good idea and verifying what, what other people are saying and thinking, it's just another reason to me to get on social media or to start writing blog posts and getting those ideas out there. Mm -hmm. Like you said, you, you wrote something and then people were like, oh, that's amazing come, come write a book or like this, this helped me so much. So if you're within those networks and those groups and communities of people having those conversations, um, it's helping you refine your ideas and your thoughts and how you're communicating that, but it's also building up like your brand as a person in that place as well, which when you do go to write your book is great to have as a foundation. Yeah, you I think know, that's one. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Tommy. Yeah, just because I was thinking about another point that you made, and I wanted to underscore, you know, people who do, who are, who are deep in work, and I might even be speaking for you a little bit, Peter, in, in terms of marketing, the tension of, I want to, it is about marketing the idea, not yourself, but there's also this space where the marketing can feel inauthentic, and mm. finding a way for you to redefine what authenticity is, so you don't mm -hmm. feel like you're being like a, you know, car salesman, if you will. Sorry if anybody has some car salesmen in there. And their families, but you know the, the 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 idea I'm trying to promote here is that you're 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 it's it's you're just doing something transactional, which in the in today's world, getting the word out, this is how you do it. And so being able to adapt into how you spread good ideas. So don't don't try to work through the feelings of inauthenticity if that's what you feel like when you're getting out there and promoting yourself. It can be tricky, but um, but it doesn't have to be labeled that way. No, I think that's such a good point. I, you know, I've had a luxury because I write, you know, the blog for Education Week. So it's been a space where I've been able to practice out ideas. And sometimes I find that what works is a really good blog. When I go to the prospectus, which, you know, we we know from a, yeah. uh, from a writer's standpoint, Corwin, every publisher, though, has a prospectus that you have to go through, like, you know, what's the, what's the potential outline for people that don't know what's the potential outline and um, what are the competing books on this topic? And then also write a couple of chapters. I have found that 
when I've written a blog that does really, really well, and then I start to write a book about it, and I start to get into the first chapter, I'm like, eh, yeah, I really like this as much as I, I think this is a really good blog, not necessarily a good book. And that's been an interesting thing. But also, I think that from the blogging standpoint, after I've published a book, I have to be very careful in my role, you know, as a blogger for Education Week, that I'm not only promoting my books and nobody's going to want to read that anyway if they go to finding common ground blog and it's all about peter dewitt's books like that's why i have guest authors and all that stuff and i think that one of the things that the one way that has helped me grow as a writer and also somebody that promotes is that i'm not writing about the book i'm writing about some maybe specific ideas from the book for Mm -hmm. example the implementation you know that yeah. book comes out, I don't want to write 10 different blogs on the implementation, but it is important to be able to write about what does a partial reduction look like? Mm-hmm. Or what does it mean to abandon these practices that we're already doing? And I think from a promotional standpoint, especially when Adam Grant wrote that about the ideas, I think that's a part of it too. It's, it's about looking at those ideas and seeing what ones are going to resonate. I think my follow-up question, probably the last question for us is, what do people do when they get turned down? Like I was very honest, I've had at least <laughs> five ideas turned down that, you know, they were like, no, that's not going to, that's not going to work really well. And at first, because I hadn't written any books, it was kind of devastating. I'm not going to lie. Like I had this huge opportunity, ASCD picked up the blog mm-hmm. and I thought, wow, I'm going to write a book. This is like a dream and then it gets turned down and I was kind of devastated because I had never really, like, I didn't think about that. Like, I thought this is just going to work. What do you do? What should people think about doing after they have an idea that actually gets turned down? Does that mean it's the end of writing for them or what, ha- what should they think about next? Yeah, I mean, you should never let anyone stop your dream if that's your dream. So you, I mean, just like with so many things, the grit and perseverance or whichever term you'd like to use for that. I think if you really believe in it, keep at it. I know as an editor, um, it's true. I, I don't I don't give two paragraph long rejections or just, you know, just for time's sake. But I try to provide a kernel of what could have maybe made a different outcome with this. So if you get some feedback, maybe it's just not clear enough, which is a, it just can be a big one. Like I do, I don't understand enough about what you're trying to do. Um, maybe even share it with a trusted friend and try to get more feedback and see how you can refine your work. What is true is that no matter how good you are as an author, there are, I, I, I would love to see the time that it happens where you're your first draft is anywhere near your file. <laughs> oh, I know that doesn't happen you know? to me. So, so even if you've written it three or four times and you think you've really done a lot with it, it's not uncommon. You know, these this is a process that can take years of refinement. Yeah. So I think if you believe in it, um, shop it around. Sometimes it's not always the right house. You know, it's not the best place for the content. And, you know, <laughs> I try to say that too as an editor, maybe there's a place where it might fit better. So um, if you really believe in it and, and it's not leaving you alone, look for ways to refine it, get some real feedback on what is and isn't working. And I think the way that you you do that is you keep putting it out in the world and the friction that you get will help to shape it. Um, and just be patient, you know, give yourself some time and know that it's a common occurrence. We all know the stories of people who are rejected. <laughs> 
50 times before they were accepted. Like that really is the norm. Um, it can be. So the people who who have this immediate, I sent a book in and I got it. And that's a very, that's just a, that's a rare bird. And you should know likely whatever you did to rise to the place in your field where you feel like you have information that you should share, you feel like it warrants that, you're, it's going to be a similar-ish journey if you're moving into this new medium. So, you know, patience and persistence. I think the more and more I think about books and that refinement process, I I compare it to entrepreneurship some ways in my head because there's so many parallels with that. Um, somebody told me recently that like when startups start with their product or their service, they're often 30% off from what they thought the market needed or what they thought mm -hmm. it wanted. So like when you start with your book, this is what I want to write about. If it gets rejected, it could only be like 30% off. Maybe it just needs to be framed in a different way. Maybe it needs to be packaged in a different way. Um, maybe it needs to be just for a different audience or the same idea applied to a different problem or applied to a very specific problem. So thinking about it in terms of like, this is a process and I'm going to refine my product just like a business would refine my product could help with some of the disappointment like on the other end. Yeah, I find that staying in my own lane is something that I'm always thinking about because some I when I first started to write, I would have like kind of the big umbrella. This is for everybody. Everybody can learn from this book. And then it, no, this is going to be about school leaders or this is going to be about instructional yeah. school leaders and really start to hone in on. I think the perspective is as much as I am not always, I practice patience, but the perspective is always hard for me because I'm sometimes I would look at it and say, no, I don't need to do that. I can just jump into the idea. But honestly, the perspective is the area too. Yeah. It helps me really start to filter out. And I look at the book as a learning experience. And the two of you know that when I'm starting to write a book, I always look at what am I going to learn through this topic? Um, you know, collective leader efficacy took me a year and a half to write. Uh, mm -hmm. De-implementation, because, you know, Tanya read one of my blogs and she was a new editor and sent me an email and said, this needs to be your next book now. Um, you know, that it both, all of the books that I focus on are areas that I actually want to learn about. It's actually like some learning at the same time. So going in with the learner's mindset. It's certainly, certainly important. Before we leave, um, I mean, the two of you are huge partners for me, and I couldn't, I certainly couldn't do what I do without the two of you. You make me better. What is uh, something that I didn't ask that you would want people who are interested in writing a book, uh, an educational book in particular, but what would you want them to know before we kind of sign off for this podcast? Um, I would say, especially for the education field, give, give, give to your audience, that your work is meant to give people some kind of roadmap or blueprint to do something better. Um, it can be very easy to end up having a book because you're living in it and you're inside of it and you really are trying to impart why it's so important to, 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 to spend too much time into the trying to convince people why this is good and maybe what might happen if you don't do it. But what people really want is tell me how, tell me how. Mm -hmm. Adult audiences really want, um, they want to be persuaded, but they get persuaded pretty early in. And then they want to know, how do I do this work on the ground? So give, give, give to the reader as you're writing. <laughs> <Love that. laughs> hmm. 
So, so much of what I do has to do with the type of content and the type of person um, that I'm working with. And I feel really, really blessed because all of the authors on the leadership list are amazing people to work with and very passionate people, experts in their field. Um, so if you're thinking about writing a book, think about the type of person you want to be and who, if you're writing to leaders or whoever your audience is, are you trustworthy to that audience? Um, and why are they going to listen to you? And then back to what Tanya said, the how, like, how are they going to do that? Because maybe they've had that idea before too, but they don't know how to get there. So be the bridge for them. Mm. Yeah, I also, I would add too that um, I never needed 10 yeses, right? I just, I needed one yes. And um, taking that feedback or that rejection and turning it into what do I need to do differently? Or mm -hmm. how can I grow from this to go deeper the next time I try this? I think is just really important. Um, as well, so well, Morgan. It almost Tanya. always makes the work better. It makes the work. Mm -hmm. better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does. Well, thank you both for. I know this has been a twist for the Leaders Coaching Leaders Podcast, but I just really was interested in. Like I said, you know, we get contacted so often, and we do partner on the leadership list. You know, I'm a consulting editor with all of you, and I think we get we get contacted so often, or we get book ideas sent to us. But also, I think there are people that are just really interested in writing a book, but they're afraid of rejection or they're afraid of what's that first step I'm supposed to be taking and, and those kind of things. So I just really wanted to turn the Leaders Coaching Leaders podcast into, um, how about we say, um, writers writers and editors and marketing coaching. coaching. Perspective authors. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you both for being on. Thanks for having Thank me. Thank you.